The Agriculture Department says the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, can last until the end of February if Congress fails to agree on a way to end the government shutdown. My next guest says the food stamp program can actually run much longer because of the way it's funded. David Super is a professor at Georgetown Law School, and he joins me now. David, good to have you on. Thank you for having me. And you have done a pretty detailed study of the funding mechanism and the legalities that enable the SNAP program. How long can it go? until the end of the fiscal year. That is to say, all of the state-generated demand for, just call them food stamps for short, there's enough money in that account to, to cover those demands? Congress has provided that under most circumstances, including these, benefits continue uh, as long as eligible people apply. The language, in other words, is shall provide these benefits. Yes, uh, and Congress made a very narrow exception when Congress decides to pass an appropriation that's too small, but that's not what's happening here. We have no appropriation passed at all, and under these circumstances, Congress has said that the agency shall provide benefits, as you say. And what about the administrative costs? Because there's costs to the department to generate and evaluate all the incoming demand they have, and then there's costs on the state's parts to distribute the money. States are also mandated by the federal statute. The federal government pays half of the state's costs, uh, and that's also directed uh, in the uh, federal statute. Uh, The Supreme Court, in its uh, case on the Affordable Care Act, said that it's not legitimate for Congress to uh, hijack states to force them to spend their resources against their will. So I think it would be pretty clear that it would be unconstitutional for Congress to require states to administer the program uh, and not continue to provide the matching funding. Well, give us a little sense of the history here, because in the paper you have written, you go back to 19, I guess it was 1977 or the 70s. Yes. In uh, originally, food stamps was what they call a discretionary program, a program entirely dependent on appropriations. If this had happened in 1979 or 1980, what USDA is saying would be 100% correct. They could not run beyond their appropriation, and the measures that USDA is taking would be the only uh, alternative. But during the recession that spanned the Carter and Reagan administrations, it came very close to running out of funding twice, once under each, and both administrations concluded immediately that they had no interest in cutting off SNAP benefits. If anything, SNAP benefits are more important when people are out of work than they are at other times. And starting at that point, both parties worked together to gradually rewrite the um, what was then the Food Stamp Act, which is now the Food and Nutrition Act, uh, so that under most circumstances, benefits would be mandated to continue. Now, that act was renewed in 2008. Did that cause any changes that would affect it today? There were some changes there that make it clearer that people have legal rights uh, under the program. Um, It was actually renewed this just this fall and uh, on the very eve of the government shutdown. And that's pretty clear indication that Congress intended this program to go forward. So then is the administration or the agriculture secretary Purdue wrong in saying that this is going to end at the end of whenever? Uh, Obviously, I can't say what they're going to do. I can only say what the law says. But if they were to end the program after February's benefits, that would be unlawful, and I'm quite certain they would face uh, court action. 
We're speaking with David Super. He's a professor at Georgetown Law School. And what about the cash situation? Because the government has not appropriated funds for these, or let's say it will not have by that point. We hope it will, but in case it hasn't, and there's no cash in the accounts, just as the federal employees' paychecks show zeros, how can they disperse cash they haven't got? The the mechanism by which uh, food stamps SNAP operates is also one of the more complicated ones in the federal government. What basically you have in the act is, is two things. One is a mandate to issue benefits, which we've been discussing, and the other is a right for the retailers that give people food in exchange for SNAP benefits uh, to get those benefits redeemed. Both of those are separately mandated, uh, and if the government were to stop paying the retailers, uh, they could sue and win very easily in the Court of Federal Claims because the statute does require that they be reimbursed. Because there's a principle that seems to wind its way through all of these debates about programs and shutting down, and that is Congress's intent. And it's, I guess, scholars and at one time one of the attorney generals, Benjamin Civiletti, said it could not possibly have been Congress's intent to stop these programs, even though it can't agree on appropriations. Does that come into play here? It does, but in this case we're talking about intent that is specifically expressed in the language of the statute. And we know what a food stamp act that didn't require continued benefits would look like because we had one for several years. Um, And Congress made specific changes because of concerns about running out of money and because concerns that in a very liberal administration or a very conservative administration – Nobody wants benefits to end. You heard that from Secretary Purdue last week, where he was saying that uh, it was a priority of the administration to get everybody fed, and I certainly applaud that agenda, uh, and uh, Congress uh, in the 1980s and 1990s felt the same way and rewrote the act to get us there. And so how does, legally speaking, the food stamps, or the SNAP program, rather, stand in comparison to, say, Social Security or Medicare, which are always non-discretionary spending considered entitlements? Has it moved from something authorized and appropriated to an entitlement? It moved almost all the way there, not quite all the way. Um, There is no provision in the Social Security Act for Medicare or Social Security to be cut back based on a shortfall in appropriations. Uh, In the Food and Nutrition Act, there is a provision, a fairly complicated provision for what USDA is supposed to do if Congress passes an appropriation but puts out too little money to fund the program. So in that respect, it still has a little bit of its old roots as a appropriated discretionary program. Uh, But in most respects, it has moved over towards Social Security and Medicare. The other difference between SNAP and its more one of custom is that Congress does pass appropriations for it every year. And every now and again, they put riders on that appropriation to change something or other that they don't like in the program. And that's not an opportunity for Social Security because it doesn't have uh, annual appropriations. Sure. So, and I guess from a practical political standpoint, no party wants to be the one at whom fingers are pointed when a family runs out of food and can't get it because of something Congress did and there's no appropriation in the food stamp program. Absolutely. 
absolutely not. The Reagan administration, like the Trump administration, proposed deep legislative cuts uh, in SNAP, um, food stamps, um, but they were proposing very particular cuts. They weren't proposing to shut the program down. They were willing to take responsibility for enactment of cuts that they had designed, but they were not willing to take responsibility for chaos, and it's been that way ever since. That is to say you could change the benefits output by changing the policy as to who can be recipients, but once you have a block of recipients, you can't stop it by virtue of lack of appropriation. Exactly, exactly. There are large numbers of people receiving SNAP benefits whom the Trump administration um, conceded ought to get benefits. Um, Half the beneficiaries are children, uh, a large segment are elderly or people with disabilities, and uh, the Trump administration, like the Reagan administration, agreed that these people should get benefits, and it doesn't want to be responsible for saying they can't. David Super is a professor at Georgetown Law School. Thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. Anytime. Find a link to his paper and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.